Well, it's Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. It is as if we have come before the judge, the king on this day, as if we are standing before his throne of holiness and righteousness and judgment. And before we come to the throne of judgment, perhaps an arraignment is appropriate, a list of our transgressions. Have we ignored the poor and suffering? Have we neglected the causes of justice for those who are oppressed? Have we dishonored our parents? Have we disrespected those in authority? Have we been lustful? Have we been arrogant? Have we spent more time on our phones than with our Creator or with our loved ones? Have we hurt our closest relations out of our own insecurities and unhealed wounds? Have we spent most of our time looking and thinking about ourselves instead of God or how to bless others? Have we kept our promises? Have we been men and women who honor our commitments and our words? Have we spent our energy beating ourselves up instead of repenting with godly sorrow? Have we participated in gossip or slander about our own brothers and sisters? Have we torn others down with our words instead of building them up? Have we judged ourselves with mercy and judged others with harshness? Have we put others in the place of God looking for a savior here on the earth? Have we even done the most basic, the most basic commandments? Have we loved God with all of our hearts? Have we loved our neighbor as ourselves? Have we blessed and prayed for our enemies, those who have hurt us? Have we harbored bitterness and unforgiveness toward others, or bitterness and unforgiveness even toward ourselves? Have we sinned against God and against others? Jeremiah 17 verse 9 puts it this way. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? And Proverbs 20 verse 9 says it like this. Who can say, I have kept my heart pure. I am clean and without sin. All right, put, put your hands down. It's a rhetorical question. All right? You know, if we're honest, we will admit we have, we have done some of these things. We have sinned against God. And so we should feel godly sorrow and turn away from these sins. But, but why, why on Yom Kippur? Scripture implies that we should repent daily. For every day we fall short. And every day... We need mercy. Why should we especially set aside this day 
to fast and afflict ourselves and repent. Well, imagine a courtyard about 150 feet long and 150 feet wide. And uh, on the outside, there's curtains of fine linen that are marking the boundaries and bronze hooks. Can you picture this? All right. And you enter this, and you see there's a bronze altar in the courtyard there. And imagine that inside the courtyard, there's uh, an inner tent with more finely made curtains and cords, blue and purple and scarlet with gold hooks. And in the tent, inside this inner tent, there are objects for the Kohanim, the priests, to minister before Hashem. There's a golden altar. There's a golden menorah, a golden basin. And inside that, the entrance to the Holy of Holies, Kodesh HaKodeshim, there is the Ark of the Covenant, kind of throne with the tablets of the covenant, the Ten Commandments, actually inside it. Here is the Holy of Holies, this area, described in Exodus 25, verses 10 through 20. These are instructions for, uh, for Moses on how to build it. Have them make an ark of acacia wood, two and a half cubits long, a cubit and a half high. Overlay it with pure gold, both inside and out, and make a gold molding around it. Can you picture this? Cast four gold rings for it and fasten them to its four feet, with two rings on one side and two rings on the other side. Then make poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. Insert the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark to carry it. The poles are to remain in the rings of this ark. They are not to be removed. Then put the ark, put in the ark the tablets of the covenant law, that's the Ten Commandments, which I will give you. Make an atonement cover of pure gold, two and a half cubits long and a cubit and a half wide, and make two cherubim, or cherubim, out of hammered gold at the ends of the cover. Make one cherub on one end and the second cherub on the other, and make the cherubim of one piece with the cover at the two ends. The cherubim are to have their wings spread upward, overshadowing the cover with them. The cherubim are to face each other, looking toward the cover. Place the cover on top of the ark and put in the ark the tablets of the covenant law that I will give you. There above the cover, between the two cherubim that are over the ark of the covenant law, I will, what? I will meet with you and give you all my commands for the Israelites. So what am I describing here? This is, of course, the tabernacle, or Mishkan, which would later become the temple in Jerusalem. So did you picture something like this? Yes? All right, there it is. So as you see the outer court there, and the priest would go in, and there is the Mishkan, the tent inside, right? And how about this for the tabernacle? Do we have that inner part? There we go. This is what it might have looked like. You see the menorah and the different things. And in the back there is the Holy of Holies, right? So this is what, and then the next slide. This is the Ark of the Covenant. 
Indiana Jones did not find it. We found it. It's right here. This is what it might have looked like. All right? And this is what the high priest, the Kohen Hagadol, would have seen in years past, right? Going through the outer court into the tent. And when did he do this? He did this today. He did it on Yom Kippur. He went in to atone for his own sins and for the sins of the whole nation of Israel. So what can we learn about Yom Kippur from, from these images, these very lengthy descriptions? Hopefully that wasn't too boring, but, you know, it's, it's, very, it's very detailed, right? Well, there's one repeated phrase in this section of Scripture, and, and that is the purpose of the tabernacle is so that God can dwell within Israel. In Exodus 25, verse 8, it reads, Then have them make a sanctuary for me, and I will dwell among them. The word for dwell in Hebrew here is shachanti, from which we get the, the word for tabernacle, mishkan. It's the same root. The tabernacle is a place for Hashem to live with us, to be with us, to meet with us. But a holy God cannot meet with unclean people. So there are many curtains. There are layers that the high priest must travel through. The Holy of Holies, where the presence of Hashem is, it's not, it's not just something you can waltz into, right? But there's, there's layers, and with each layer, there's more a finer, uh, a finer metal. You know, you go from bronze to silver to gold. And just like these layers and these curtains, right, we have the time during the month of Elul and during the days of awe to, to clean house, to repent, to prepare to meet with the king, the judge, on his throne. Time to take off the layers of sin and iniquity that may have built up over the year. Time to practice afflicting ourselves. I mean, I, I for one, I've been practicing. I've been fasting in preparation for Yom Kippur. Between every meal... I have been fasting, and between snacks, too, I guess. But seriously, this is a time for Hashem to address the seeds of bitterness and pride and self-centeredness that we don't see from day to day. So, so the Mishkan is a picture. It's a picture of the holiness of God, but it's also a picture of the throne. The Ark of the Covenant acted as a throne, where the king of kings, Hashem, dwelled by his presence. This is where the priest interceded and prayed, where he shed the blood of innocent animals to atone for his personal sins and the sins of the nation of Israel. And this is what we do on Yom Kippur. Not just the high priest, but us. For not only does the high priest intercede for us, but we, we are also to act as priests in a prophetic kind of way after the pattern of the high priest. In Exodus 19, verse 6, Moses is instructed like this. You will be for me a kingdom of priests. Say that with me. A kingdom of priests and a holy nation 
These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. In other words, Israel will be a kingdom of priests, or kohanim. They are called to fulfill a priestly role in the earth, interceding for and repenting for their sins and the sins of the nations. Just as Israel was called to be a kingdom of priests, so we too, if we are disciples of Yeshua, we are called to be a kingdom of Kohanim, repenting on behalf of Israel for her sins and the sins of the nations. Avinu Malkenu, our father and our king, forgive me my transgressions, but not only me. Have mercy on all Israel and on all nations that they may turn to you on this day of Yom Kippur. Amen. Another repeated phrase in the text is that Moses is to make the tabernacle exactly, exactly according to the pattern that God showed him. And it's repeated several times. That's why there were all those details. What follows is an immense, it's an immense amount of detail. It enables us to to visualize what it looked like. And we can even recreate it with pictures and people have even built built the Mishkan according to the text. You know, there's, there's one chapter of Torah for the creation of the world and six chapters for the building of the Mishkan. It's a lot of, a lot of words. It's a lot of detail. So why, why such attention to detail? In the book of Hebrews, we find the answer. Hebrews 8, verses 3 through 5 reads, Every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices, and so it was necessary for this one also to have something to offer. If he were on earth, he would not be a priest. For there are already priests who offer the gifts prescribed by the law. They serve at a sanctuary that is a copy and shadow of what is in heaven. This is why Moses was warned when he was about to build the tabernacle. See to it that you make everything according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. In other words, this tabernacle, this mishkan, is an exact copy a replica of the real one in heaven. The Holy of Holies in heaven is also a throne room where Hashem dwells. It is toward this throne room in heaven that we turn on Yom Kippur, toward the real one. It is to our Father in heaven, Avinu Sheva Shemaim, to whom we ask forgiveness and mercy. So back to the original question. Why do we repent on Yom Kippur especially? Well, for one, it's a commandment. But beyond that, Yom Kippur is a reminder of the Mishkan, both the ancient tabernacle and the one in heaven. Yom Kippur leads us back, back in time, to the priest before the throne and thrusts us before the heavenly throne even now as a nation of priests. Yom Kippur reminds us that God wants to dwell with us, dwell in us, but with impure people, this is impossible. Yet with God, all things are possible. For he made a way for the high priest to go in once a year 
and make atonement for us by the blood of the sacrifice. Yom Kippur points back to this and points forward to the Mishkan in heaven where the high priest lives. The high priest lives. The high priest lives to intercede for us right now. There's a passage of scripture that sums it up very well. And uh, I believe it was read earlier, but we're going to read it again. Um, And it's Hebrews chapter 9, verses 1 through 14. Now the first covenant had both regulations for worship and a holy place here on earth. A tent was set up, the outer one, which was called the holy place. In it were the menorah, the table, and the bread of the presence. Behind the second parochet, which is like a curtain, was a tent called the holiest place, which had the golden altar for burning incense and the Ark of the Covenant, entirely covered with gold. In the Ark were the gold jar containing the, the manna, Aharon's rod that sprouted, and the stone tablets of the covenant. And above it were the cherubim, representing the Shekhinah, the presence, casting their shadow on the lid of the ark. But now is not the time to discuss these things in detail. With things so arranged, the Kohanim go into the outer tent all the time to discharge their duties. But only the Kohen Hagadol enters the inner one, and he goes in only once a year on Yom Kippur, which is today. And he must always bring blood, which he offers both for himself and for the sins committed in ignorance by the people. But when the Messiah appeared as Kohen Gadol, the high priest, of the good things that are happening already, then through the greater and more perfect tent, which is not man-made, that is, it is not created of this created world, he entered the holiest place once and for all, meaning he entered the real one in heaven. And he entered not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus setting people free forever. For a sprinkling ceremonially unclean persons with the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of heifer restores their outward purity, then how much more kol vachomer, how much more the blood of the Messiah, who through the eternal spirit offered himself to God as a sacrifice without blemish, will purify our conscience from works that lead to death so that we can serve the living God. As I was uh, preparing for this sermon, I felt, I felt the Lord drop into my mind a, a, a vision, and I'd like to share it with you. And I was, uh, I was in a courtroom and uh, before a judge, and I heard him ask me, he said, David, how are you able to stand here before me, the holy and perfect judge? And, uh, and all of my sins and transgressions, like the arraignment that I read at the beginning of the sermon, it's sort of flashed before me. And I was like trembling. I didn't, I didn't know what to say. And before I could respond, there was a man stood up next to me. And he said, Your Honor, David didn't do any of those things. I did them. I'm the one who thought those evil thoughts and did those evil things. And I was thinking, that's, 
you know, <laughs> that's not true. Like, uh, but before I could protest, the man next to me, he said, Your Honor, this, this man is innocent. And the judge turned to me and he said, My son, you're free to go. If we accept what this man beside us is saying, this advocate, this Kohen Hagadol, this high priest, then we know he, he himself is taking our place for the things that we did wrong. We know that we're forgiven. We are made whole, that we are free, that we have shalom, peace with God. Ose shalom bimromav, hu yaase shalom aleinu ve'al kol Yisrael ve'emru amen. May he who makes peace in the high places, in the throne room of heaven, make peace upon us and upon all Israel, a peace that comes through the intercession of the high priest. And may we follow in his pattern. May we also pray for peace with God through the high priest to all Israel and to all nations of the earth on this day of Yom Kippur. And let us say, if we are in agreement, amen. Amen.